distracting me with my lamps. Got a sconce lamp. You Miss, got a regular Mr. Lamp. lamp Man over here. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of lamps. <laughs> See the one on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent something. That was something. I just uh, a possible um, agenda for how we could order the episodes today. Just to <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, okay. Gro- groovy. Um, and welcome to Super Duperstitious, <laughs> the paranormal <laughs> podcast that is all on it this time around. We're so ready. We are several days late, but we are very ready now. <laughs> so ready now. Um, it wasn't my fault. I'm not overly busy right now. Jake <laughs> was not ready like days ago uh-huh. <laughs> and not forced to record later in the week. That's right. Because of me, I'm also not finishing off a PhD right now, so I'm totally fine. That's exactly right. And here we are. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. <laughs> Everything is great. It's all good. The world's not on fire. Everything's yeah. good. What is the show? We talk about spooky stuff. We try and put science in there if we can. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the last episode in, in September. Is that correct? Yes, you're right. Next yeah, so Thursday, ostensibly when we should have the next episode out, will be the 1st of October. <laughs> That's right. We are knocking on the door of uh, of October, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Before we get into anything, I do want to jump into a little uh, super duper superstitious PSA real quick. Mm. What I want to talk about today is the word phenomenon, and it's plural phenomena. The singular is phenomenon, the plural is phenomena, phenomena is not a singular, please use it correctly. I thought it was phenomena, singular, phenomenons, plural. That is actually another accepted way if you... <laughs> Ew, are you serious? No, God, no. Don't play me like that. Yeah. Now you may be asking, is Jake really that pedantic? Does he really expect everyone to casually be familiar with grammatical rules for Greek words? Is this actually important at all? Or has it just been a while since we've done this segment and this was just a flimsy excuse to fill our ear holes with that sweet, sweet Boston of a sound? My answer is, this has been a super duperstitious PSA. <laughs> and we are better off for it. Thank you for that, Jake. Yeah. What's this week's theme? Well, I'm happy and even a little bit proud to announce <laughs> that this week... We actually have a topic. (laughs) That's right. It's September, and in northern North America, at least, that means it's time to bust out the hoodies and flannels and get ready to fire off the same old dusty-ass jokes about pumpkin spice lattes and, (laughs) oh, no Thanksgiving yet, please, and all that stuff, as last year. Yes. (laughs) This is to say that it has been an equinox, and in the northern hemisphere, it's the fall one. In the southern hemisphere, it's the spring one. And that is a prompt for an episode. <laughs> exactly. So we got your autumn, you got your fall, you got your harvest season writ large. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do anything else, we have a story from Katie that we were totally going to read last week but blew it. This is, of course, being Katie Amaker, illustrator of comics and beyond, contributor to such lovely merch artwork as the Doraku, a very fun take on Goya's The Sleep of Reason Produces Monsters, and most recently, Jackalope. Also, did you know that in addition to t-shirts, both unisex and fitted, and hoodies, we have Jackalope stickers now that you can buy along Ooh. with all of our other cool shit? Just go to superdeposition.com slash shop, baby. I'm going there right now. Actually, I just realized that I still, I think I still need to make an actual listing for the Jackalope sticker. So if you're hearing this and it isn't yet, uh, there isn't yet a listing for the sticker and you want to buy it, just tell me 
literally wherever you can reach me i will make that happen now jake i'm currently on the shop looking to buy one of these jackalope stickers and i don't even see one and i feel a little bit um misled that you would tell me it's there sorry it's not there how Here, dare let you me show here's the sticker to prove that it exists Ooh. <laughs> i'm holding it in my hand and why so, did you just write the word jackalope on a napkin and hold it up to the camera like that uh <laughs> and then say then you wrote underneath it say the word ooh really loudly <laughs> oh god <laughs> What was that sound? That was the drawer in which I keep the jackalope stickers. Napkins. Um, Napkins. Interesting. Um, no, it's very cool. Can't wait to see that up there. I will not buy one, but I will continuously ask you to send me one for free. Did I do that yet? I haven't done that yet. I got to send you some stuff. I have actually a bunch of stuff <laughs> I just need to send you anyway, so I will include that. That's the thing that only works for me. No one else try it. <laughs> yes. So anyway, sorry, Katie, uh, her story, you want to take it away what? I would love to. So yes, Katie again. Thank you for your patience with us, and uh, you know, this is just a, an extended drum roll for what I'm <laughs> exactly. about to read, which is, of course, hello, gents. I hope you are well. The end. <laughs> My <laughs> pandemic experience has been divided into three distinct media binging phases, trash TV, anime, and spooky stuff. Don't be jealous. As I am currently in the spooky stuff phase, I have been inspired to subject you to a story of mine from my tween years. Please use this tale at your discretion. You may throw this right into the trash if you would like. Oh, okay. Let's let's just stop. Let me just read it really quickly here. Uh, This one is going into the show. That's what I call my trash can. It's the show. (laughs) What's on the show today? No, of course, it is getting read. My mother was in the throes of menopause when she lost her father, with whom she was quite close. Hmm. Racked with grief and hormones... My typically level-headed mother turned to spiritualism with gusto, desperately seeking some sign that her father was well, even though he was quite thoroughly dead. (laughs) (laughs) My mother frequently held tarot card and wine parties with friends. Nice. This, this, oh my. Wow. Excuse me. (laughs) This gradually gave way to Ouija board and wine parties Mm -hmm. with friends. On one such occasion, I happened to be home. Shocking, I know, since I was so cool and definitely did not play video games and watch anime all day with my brother. Well enough into this little seance party, I was called to help my mom and her gal pals with a Ouija board. One of my mom's friends, let's call her Dinah, was getting angry because she thought the whole thing was nonsense. Was someone in the kitchen with her? Good question. Dinah proposed a test to see if this piece of cardboard was really a gateway to the other side. (laughs) Quote, let's ask it something no one knows but me. What did my father say to me right before my wedding? Not even my (laughs) husband knows this one. (laughs) Enjoy the Dinah character? (laughs) Dinah stepped away from the table and gave me her seat. My mother, her friend Crystal, and I sat fingers poised on the planchet. The board promptly spelled, We could always just get burgers instead. Dinah burst into wine-drunk tears. Her father had indeed proposed that if she changed her mind about getting married, they could just grab some burgers instead. Assuming she really hadn't told anyone this, it's kind of fun spooky yeah that is very spooky yeah i'll just finish off uh katie's story here mom's search for closure ended after traveling all the way to lilydale new york supposedly a town full of con artists i mean psychics to see a psychic medium 
There she was met with a waste of time and money, finding no otherworldly closure but a charlatan with poorly honed skills instead. Mm-hmm. Mom concluded that the only balm for her wounded heart was time. Solace could only be found in the fact that the loss of her father hurt a little less with each passing day. I hope you found this somewhat entertaining. I think there was a moral in there somewhere. Thank you, Katie. Katie, awesome story. Thank That's you very crazy. Much. That is freaking crazy. I would my mind would have been blown. I would have started crying if I saw that shit happen. Especially the um like you know, oftentimes you think of stuff being spelled out on a radio board being like a name or like just short little words, but something specific and long, like a sentence that long. That's exactly. Yeah, it's pretty uncanny. And to have such a like primingless question. Or rather, if it did prime people in the room to spell something out subtly. How would they ever land on that? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. And yeah, very glad your mother was able to come to uh, a place yes. of closure. It's always very tough when a family member, especially a parent. That's just, Extremely yeah. tough. Thank you so much. If anyone listening now feels inspired to do so, we would love to read your story as well. Yeah, we'll totally read them when we remember to. Send them now. We'll probably get them read sometime next spring. <laughs> Um, yeah so like i said it's gonna be october next month and we do take the spooky season seriously so if you want to send your stories in now we would for sure try and get it in there like for our october episodes because that'd be super cool to have absolutely we would love it um we'll give you a shout out and uh just be fun for everyone so Mm -hmm. lay us that is as ever contact at superduperstitious.com or the contact form on our website if you just want to click stuff exactly thank you again katie yeah on with the show Mm mm-hmm so I have a fun grab bag of things for you today that all fall under the heading of, and tell me if you've ever heard of these, Feldgeister. I have not. Ah, yes. Um, I am, of course, talking about field spirits, um, ah. also known as corn daemonen. Oh. Or corn demons, <laughs> um, which is why I'm entitling my section today the readings from the corn daemonenomicon. <laughs> 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 uh, You're gonna read out loud from the corn daemon anomicon. Corn daemon anomicon so has found its way to, to me. It's part human flesh, part wheat instead of corn. <laughs> instead of corn, yes, yes. Because as you'll discover, all these feldgeister or corn daemonen are associated with various crops and things that you would harvest. So it's not just corn, but a lot of it is. But they are fantastical beings from German folklore, and as I've edited and abridged from Heather O'Brien on Hugen's Heathenhof, a very <laughs> cute semi-blog-style lore site, ah. many pre-Christian Germanic customs remained extant for generations, and quite a few have continued into the present day. One such set of traditions surrounding the hearth and home is centered around planting and harvest. Offerings are made to the spirits of the land not only to appease them, but to solicit their favor in order that crops might produce a good yield the following year and to ensure the well-being and luck of the home and its inhabitants. The Feldgeister spirit of the land is one that features prominently in harvest traditions throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. So, Feldgeister take on a ton of forms. Okay. They kind of collectively create a spooky, highly seasonally specific German set of sort of pseudo-Pokemon. <laughs> O'Brien continues. She didn't write that part. <laughs> She wrote, O'Brien continues, though. <laughs> yeah, she was, Exactly. <laughs> Feldgeister assumed familiar Germanic and Indo-European forms such as wolves, bears, goats, and dogs. For example, 
A Hefferbach is a Feldgeister of Germanic origin who appears in the form of a goat or, on occasion, in the form of half goat and half bird. Hmm. To imitate its call is said to bring about bad luck, which reveals the degree to which animism and identity were placed on the perceived spirits of the land. The Hafferbach particularly is depicted as a corn spirit and is most commonly represented after the last harvest has taken place. Traditionally, it is the Feldgeister that is considered to be the spirit captured in the last harvest of grain, which resides inside of a stock. Hmm. These last remnants of harvest are turned into a corn doll, which will contain the spirit until it is time to release it, usually through a rite involving burning the doll. When winter has passed and people once again return to the season of planting. So, Dan, if you're listening, don't worry, the dolls get burned. <laughs> As it is said to bring about bad fortune for a person to come in direct contact with a Feldgeist, the corn doll is carefully kept and stored in the hearth and home until it is time for spring rites to take place. During the period of time in which the Feldgeist is present within the home, care is taken to preserve it. So essentially, spirit of the land has been working spring through fall to provide for your family, and now it is your family's job to protect and honor it during the long winter sleep, as it were, to avoid ill fortune. Until you fucking burn it. (laughs) Until you burn it free of its strange body. (laughs) Uh, She goes on. Early views of agrarian traditions are often preserved in folklore and span many now distinct European cultures. The Scandinavian Yule Goat, or Yulebach, is a familiar symbol crafted from straw and bound with red ribbons, signifying winter's arrival and the end of the harvest season. As the last of the grain on a homestead held significant importance in the matter of making offerings, the Yule Goat, like the corn doll, would be later burned and the spirit released. In the Czech Republic, harvesters preserve a bundle of grain called a boroda, which is created from the last harvest. The boroda is left on the land in hopes that the stored grain might be preserved unharmed. Additionally, they create a bundle known as a dido that is decorated with ribbons and kept, or ditto, I'm not sure, D-I-D-O. I'm going to go with dido just so I can imagine that being. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, that was like literally the entire year of like 1998 or 9. The year before and... When? During. <laughs> During the Matrix. <laughs> but right, this, they create a bundle known as a dido, don't slap an Eleanor, that is decorated with ribbons <laughs> and kept on the hearth or in the home until after Yule has passed. So, so far to me, this sounds like a pretty sweet tradition, um, mm. simultaneously promoting healthy, present-minded consciousness about a practice that I mean, especially during earlier times, would have been literally do or die. Oh, yeah. And also elevates that exercise from necessity and labor to the level of like active spiritual relationship. It's very cool. Yeah. Jake, your thoughts so far? No, it all sounds pretty cool to me. It's something that uh, <laughs> one of my initial thoughts is like, oh, we're definitely going to have one of those corn dolls as the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. But that said, and this might give you more ideas as far as what could be the thumbnail, uh, other Feldgeister are spooky <laughs> and even downright evil. So, uh, for instance, the Ragenwolf, uh, Ragenwolf, Ragenwolf, yes, as written by Martin Vetstein in an academically formatted article entitled The Historical Basis of Lycanthropism or Oh My, Where Do Werewolves Come From? <laughs> Well, when a mommy loves a daddy very much. So the English isn't going to be perfect. I guess it was translated probably. There was a further kind of infectious wolves in German tales of this time. The Roggenwolf lurked in rye fields and bit the workers. He also had an evil mother like Grendel of the Danish Beowulf saga, Hmm. which was called 
Roggenmutter or Kornmutter. The subjects didn't even notice the bite sometimes, but soon after they returned to the village, their appearance changes. The victims mm. felt as if they were strangled. They had irrational thirst and hunger. They saw things that were not there and became very aggressive. After some time, their nose became flattened, black, and wet. The tips of their ears began to bend down and became black as well. This carried on. Um, and Jake, can you guess already what this might have been? Ergot? You got it. Huh. I was like, wait a minute. They wouldn't notice it till later. I was like, oh shit, I think I know where this is going. Then I had you to got it, my man. It. I knew you'd be good for it. These men oh, suffered from ergotism, the disease caused by ergotoxin, produced by the ergot fungus Aspergillus fumigatus, mm. which grows on rye. I wish I had stolen one of the specimens from the um, botany lab I used to TA because there are a lot of cool stuff that's probably not getting used anymore, but it's this cool, it's the head of a sprig of, I think it's rye, it might be wheat, with ergot growing on it. Whoa. It's dark purple, all just encased in resin, so it's totally safe, but it's like, wow, that oh. right there could fuck up so many people so badly. <laughs> I was just gonna, my, as you were describing knowing of a sample somewhere, I was envisioning uh, <laughs> the prof, you know, having it in, like, in a jar and going like, you guys want to have a weird-ass weekend? <laughs> Take a big old breath. <laughs> That sounds like what Lee would do. Yeah. <laughs> and incidentally, if we haven't said it a hundred times already, ergot poisoning is also the thing that Salem witch trials, blah, blah, blah. So mm. also, ergotoxin is not to be confused with ergotoxin, which is the damaging <laughs> compound produced by pompous assholes. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, ergotoxin apparently bears enough structural similarity to a neurotransmitter that it can cause certifiable hallucinations. So wow. it's not magic. It just simply fits into the receptor in your brain. So your brain goes, okay, I'll use that. Oh, shit. That's so cool. I didn't know the actual Isn't mechanism that behind it. That's, that's the fun thing about molecules are a weird thing. Sometimes They're very weird. the shape of them can fit into a nice little, like a little just... They match up and then stuff happens. And things just go so wrong. I mean, that's like, that's all of it, really. Mo molecule interactions, like your most essential processes going on in your body and the things that can ruin them, it all comes back to basically Legos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some Legos are designed to destroy. <laughs> um, but right, it can also cause small blood vessels to shrink and thus the nose and fingertips may become black and foul over time which is really huh. gross sounding i didn't know that was actually part of it that's interesting so and right people could become really aggressive and forgetful so they would attack people and not remember the next day so this is one of his propositions for what what the origin of the werewolf uh lore comes from so kind of a cool little aside there yeah and the concept of course in that folklore being not that you've got intoxicated by a fungus but that you were bitten by the Roggenwolf. Mm. and of course things get worse the <laughs> aforementioned Roggenmutter or Roggenmurme which is the rye mother or rye aunt apologies to our german listeners if i'm butchering it i used to take german i spell i spoke it quite well about 10 years ago <laughs> so yeah this is horrifying sounding this is lifted and presumably translated from wilhelm manhart's Die Korndämonen uh, betrag zur germanischen Sittenkunde by some intrepid Wikipedia user. And a word of warning, these <laughs> details will be certifiably PG-13, possibly even R-rated. Oh, wow. So the... Is there one use of the word fuck in there somewhere? No, there's two. That's why. Oh, that's why. Okay, that's the threshold. <laughs> the Hrogenmuma is a fucking female corn demon. <laughs> 
with fiery fucking fingers. There, that's why uh, it's yeah, R. All right, that that makes it. And that's pretty much the whole de- description. <laughs> Her bosoms are filled with tar and may end in tips of igneous iron. Oh. Her bosoms are also long and as such must be thrown over her shoulders when she runs. The Muma is completely black or white, and in her hand she has a whip from which lightning sparks. The Muma is well known for stealing human children looking for cornflowers, replacing them with changelings. Uh-oh. She forces children to suck at her deadly bosom, and may strike the children with her bosom. Oh, no, I thought they said the whip, but... Nope, she, no, holds, no she just has that for looks. It's basically just a sparkler at this point. The Rogan Muma <laughs> also chases children at speeds simultaneous to a running horse. Wow. She, and this concerns me greatly, blows the eyelight out of children. Oh. Or excuse me, she blows the eyelight of children out and okay. pounds children in her iron butter churn. Oh, God. The Rogan Muma is said to, have, uh, said to be the mother of the Rogan Vrufa, um, and can herself also be in the form of a wolf. Sometimes the Rogamuma is accompanied by little dogs who lead children into her iron hug. <laughs> so, talk about a kind of boogeyman <laughs> to uh, get your kids to help out around the house and in the fields. <laughs> Damn. And while we're at it, the Hafferman, or uh-huh. Oatman, is a male corn demon. See, he's called the Oatman, but he's a corn demon. <laughs> who steals children go figure he throws an iron shillelagh which is essentially a hilarious sounding typically wooden club mm-hmm. wearing a big black hat and having a giant stick in his hand the heifer man waits for peasants to kidnap them through the air there's also the Hydeman or heath man a kind of ghost that looks at night through the windows of a house and the Ugh. person he looks at must die in a year and a day so 366 days <laughs> Or maybe closer to 367. Aren't the days like a little bit longer now or something? There's like a lot more. 365 and a quarter roughly is a little bit more than that. There you that's, go. That's, that's why every four years we add a day because it kind of adds up to that extra day. Ah. Um, there's still, it's not quite an even quarter either. So there's still, I think every so many years we have like another leap minute or something. I don't know. It's just some shit that happens. Bingo. And just one more. The Vinsbraut or Winsbride. Um, is originally female, but occasionally can be male. Spirit of the whirlwind. It is said, Vins Brota will steal the earnings of field work. They can, however, be disarmed by throwing a knife into the whirlwind. A Vins Brot is unable to remove the knife by its own power and therefore needs the help of the knife's owner. So basically it sounds like, yeah, that makes sense. So we just have to throw knives at corporations and landlords. Yeah. Uh, we may be fast approaching that time. <laughs> to be clear, I'm not advocating for violence. That was a joke. I am, actually. But do stand your ground. <laughs> but yeah, basically it sounds like agrarian Germans were almost 100% stick, 0% carrot when it came to motivating farming <laughs> and land care activities. And by the sounds of it, Really wanted their kids to either help out or stay out of the way. <laughs> so don't forget this hard season. I imagine season. it worked. Yeah. I imagine it worked very so well. Holy shit. I'm frightened of the rye aunt. <laughs> and I am, uh, as far as I know, largely fully grown man. For the most part. For the most part. There's that one part of my hand that stayed very strange and small. Like a half baby hand. It's really uncomfortable to look <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah. So disgusting looking. It's just the the thumb and the index finger stayed tiny, but the rest of the hand got big. 
the most upsetting <laughs> fingers possible. But yes, don't forget this harvest season. Bring back whatever final dry kernel you can get out of your garden. Spin it into the shape of a little spooky doll. Protect and cherish it through this coming winter. And then burn its soul back into existence <laughs> in 2021. And that is my segment for today. All right. That was very fun. Uh, it was all cool stuff I had no knowledge about. I, I mean, I know there's various cultures that have similar stuff to that, but like those specific ones are really cool. And uh, those boogeymans are really creepy. All damn boogeymans. So yeah, mm-hmm. kind of fun. Obviously not making any kind of case, thankfully, for many of these stories that uh, these things are really, really real. <laughs> But in a way, they can be allowed to be more real because they're so widely accepted as folklore. Yeah. So it's nice. What's the cool thing about folklore is that it serves a purpose, and that purpose can be the only thing that really matters in, in terms of what uh, what value we assign to it. Yeah, regardless of whether there's really a corn demon, we can yeah, have a greater appreciation for our agrarian practices, and mm-hmm. it's very elevating. So Very cool. Well, let's... Uh Move on over to my store. But first, and for Phantom's Most, Ooh. we should talk about the beer that we talk about. I dare say we should. That, of course, is for Phantom's. That's right. A little brewery in western Massachusetts, one that pours ingredients such as Dungeon and Dragon. <laughs> Extremely loud music. Please turn it down. And, <laughs> oh my God, what's in this alcohol? Into a big old pipe. <laughs> Swirls it around, heats it up, pours it back out. And you know what comes out the other end, Jake? Beer. That is correct. Delicious, amazing beer. So if you're in the New England area, please consider purchasing a brewed beverage from Four Phantoms. They are awesome. They currently are rocking their uh, Witch Cult seasonal version of their IPA that's super neat. They also have uh, this year's version of the Imperial Stout Worship Doom. Oh, it's so good. I, I actually haven't tried it yet, I have to admit. I didn't last week, and I... I haven't this week, and I, it's a tasty one. Yeah, I I liked it last year, and I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, Wyatt has had food from the farm who provided the maple syrup that makes the beer, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is right, and that food was also quite good as well. Yeah. So yes, do keep your eyes peeled if you are in Massachusetts or Rhode Island. Their uh, their fine beers being sold through distributors there. Otherwise, they are available for a curbside pickup if you feel like making a drive over to East Hampton. So you can reach out through contact information that we will provide with this episode. Mm-hmm. And or if you want, you can leave them a very fun review on untapped.com. Yeah, it's like Yelp for beers. Mention us in the comment that you leave. We'll know to read it aloud here on the show. It's a fun interesting creative little uh little message you send then that'll be cool do that and with that jake uh-huh i have to check the schedule <laughs> i close it's the chat me. window oh god and with that jake would you like to take us away sure what i have for you today is a collection of reader submitted haunting experiences from the community over at gaijin pot i'll explain at the end exactly how this incorporates the, th- the prompt of autumn or whatever uh, turns out there's a pretty snazzy blog about Japan and all things Japanese for folks who move there from other countries. Huh. Also turns out that there's a name for such people, Gaijin. From what Ooh. I gather, it's more or less the Japanese equivalent of gringo, I think. Ah. So it could it, it doesn't necessarily have a pejorative uh, context to it, but it can. It depends. Right. This blog likes to look at that community as one big melting pot, hence the blog's title, Gaijin Pot. That's cool. 
Last Halloween, they solicited readers for personal stories, and unlike our listeners, they delivered. These are those. Let's go. <laughs> First one is called Baseball Boys, submitted by Pauline. Triple B. Mm-hmm. This happened half a year after I moved to Japan. It was Oban, so there weren't many people around. What? I forgot to look up what that is, so I'll just do it right now. Oban Festival. Japanese Buddhist custom to honor the spirits of one's ancestors. Okay. Day of remembrance, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so there weren't many people around. My mom and I were crossing the street after finishing our part-time job around 1 a.m. when I noticed four boys aged around 12 to 13 with the same buzz-cut hairstyle laughing and goofing around across the lot. Mm. I ignored them. When we crossed, I realized it was strange that there were still kids loitering at that time, but when I looked back, they were already gone. Oh. I asked my mom, where did those kids go? She asked me, what the fuck are you talking about, dear? We were completely alone. Later, I found out that years ago in that town, there was a bus accident that killed most of its passengers, including mm. students who were heading to participate in a baseball match. They were in the sixth grade. Ooh. Story number two is called Ghostly <laughs> Roommate, submitted by Anonymous. Not someone who didn't want to reveal the name, but the actual internet entity, Anonymous. Complete oh, my God. Firefox masks. Um, <laughs> we are... We are roommates. We are anonymous. <laughs> it was winter 2017 in Nagoya. Cold wind whistled through the open hallways of the apartment-style girls' dorm as everyone stayed up late cramming for finals. Past 2 a.m., I went to the bathroom and felt a presence behind me the whole time. It happened again the next night, but I said nothing to my roommates. Right before New Year's Eve, I told them. They had felt it, too. We began noticing drawers left open and knives rattling. It wasn't until weeks later that our Japanese roommate told us the big secret the university was hiding from the foreign students. Four years prior, the dorm had been co-ed until a student became pregnant. She couldn't mm. keep it, and her Japanese boyfriend committed suicide in one of the rooms right before New Year's. After okay. that, the unit had to be kept empty because the trash would catch on fire or accidents would happen. The trash would catch on fire? Yes. Okay. Or accidents would happen. Or accidents. We never joked about ghosts again. One of the ripest realms for jokes. Yep. The coworker who wasn't there. This is from someone Ooh. who calls themselves Stereotypical Gaijin. I used to work in a bento shop. It was a very cold place, practically torn apart, filled with old people and people who wouldn't find a job anywhere else, I guess. I'd look hmm. this up to a bento shop as a takeout food place. Um, one of my tasks was checking products in the fridge, reading QR codes, and writing them down. Point of clarification, does this person mean that they were writing down QR codes? He's like, pixel, space, pixel, pixel, space. <laughs> Another shape, space. Very impressive. Uh, wearing only my uniform, it was freezing, but I was the youngest guy around, so my boss said it'd be for the best. You know, typically, you're young, it's better this way. <laughs> uh, one day, a new guy appeared, and I had to show him the ropes. Minutes later, he said it was <laughs> too cold, and he was going to go outside for a while, which was quite normal for newcomers. Mm -hmm. The section leader appeared and asked why I was taking so long. I explained thoroughly, but the section leader didn't know what I was talking about. There hmm. wasn't anyone new on the crew list. I've never seen him again. He's like, you're talking about that guy with the broken neck who <laughs> can walk through walls? His skin is an ashen gray color. He's always moaning and screaming. His eyes are empty hollow sockets. It was a really tough interview, but uh, he seems like he's fit for the job. So anyway, <laughs> carry on. Uh, encounter in Nara, another one from Anonymous. <laughs> I, I was walking down a quiet street in Nara with my boyfriend one evening. It was just starting to get dark, but the weather was nice, so we were taking our time. 
Ahead, I noticed a young girl standing off to the side of the road, staring at us, which is genuinely unsettling. Mm -hmm. As I neared, I smiled and greeted her, but she simply continued to stare in silence until we had passed by. I thought she was perhaps shy or wary of strangers, so I didn't think much of it until my boyfriend turned to me and asked who I was talking to. Mm. He's not the type to joke around and looked truly perplexed. I turned to point out the girl, but she was gone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see anywhere she could have hidden in such a short time, and I stared at the spot where she had been standing. I suddenly felt chills. Mm. Uh, nothing more came of the incident, but I didn't venture out after dark again for quite a while. I still mm-hmm. wonder about it, but I haven't had the courage to return to that spot. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> the only stories scarier than these I've ever seen are from the Shadowlands. Okinawa <laughs> Poltergeist, submitted by Will Bowen. Mm-hmm. I visited the Japanese Imperial Naval Tunnels Museum in Naha City, Okinawa, two years ago and have had a rather and had a rather surprising experience. Deep down in the tunnels, there are numerous rooms where people had killed themselves or died from injury during the Battle of Okinawa. For mm. example, there are visible marks from a hand grenade blast when several Navy troops committed suicide in the tunnel. One of yeah. these rooms has a barrier at the doorway, meaning that you can only look into the room. Which kind of reminds me of some of the, like, what's that fort uh, at uh, Odeon and Odeon we went to that time? Oh, wow. Um, Wait, one sec. Let me check. Now I have to check. <laughs> because, yes, that does remind me of that. Mm, fort Dearborn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I, was, I was accidentally reading something and I didn't catch that you had said what it was. No worries. Gotcha. I would not have pulled that name out of uh, thin air. I pulled it out of perhaps the thickest air available, <laughs> which of course is the internet. Uh, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a room. You can only look inside of it. You can't actually get in there, so it's just dark inside. Creepy. Inside the corner of the room <laughs> is a small Buddhist shrine where people throw coins and then say a prayer. I threw in a 10 yen coin, hit the floor, and within a second or two, a coin next to it had risen up off the ground by about five feet and then flew to the other side of the room and under the table with such a force that it made me jump. What? Which I'm guessing that means if it had flown more gently, he'd have been fine. Yeah. Of course, I was the only one there, and it was at, as it was very quiet at the museum that day, and my um, camera was off at the time. Typical, eh? My questions, of course, are how heavy is the yen? At what angle did it hit this other coin? To say it flew, does that mean it was launched by the first coin? His wording does, he says it rose up off the ground by five feet and then flew to the other side. So he's trying to make it right. like it, it hovered up in the air and then flew launched. away. But I mean, yeah, I got Who's questions along the same lines. Um, but uh, so I went online and read Japanese websites that state that local people always he- uh, see the figures of men in uniform at that museum, especially at night in and around the entrance of the museum. Walking through those tunnels, you always feel that someone is behind you. Ooh. The Thirsty Ghost, submitted by Nana. Thirsty Ghost? Yes. Speaking of people standing right behind you. Oh, no. I was staying at a very cheap hotel close to Manami Senju Station. My Japanese friend said that the area used to be an execution ground in the Edo period, and a few mm. hundred thousand people were killed there, which, holy shit. Yeah, really. The whole place seems spooky to me. There's a Buddha Jesus statue called Kubikiri, neck cutting, that's what that translates to, right at the station. Another Jesus statue nearby that sometimes throws off its metal hat, and an Mm. intersection called Namadebashi, Bridge of Tears. Mm. Uh, Staying at my hotel became really creepy when I noticed that someone was turning my slippers 90 degrees sideways every time I left the room. Weird. My guess was that it was the staff doing it while cleaning, but I always left the shoes facing the door, so if they were turning my shoes, <laughs> why 90 degrees specifically? Why not just facing the room? And how often are they cleaning that freaking room? Yeah, every couple of minutes, they're coming in and just... <laughs> oh, just gotta get that... We have to clean the area underneath your slippers. Yeah. 
one day I asked the girl at the front desk if she knew something about my shoes being turned, and she said, Yes, we are aware of this ghost, but no need to worry. He never hurt anyone, and if you are annoyed by it, put some sweets and some alcohol beside the door. You can eat Aww. and drink it later, but please pick something tasty that you like. Aww. I like that they're like, oh, is this weird thing happening? You don't think about that? Like, oh, yeah, we know about the ghost. Wait, wait, I didn't say anything about a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try to be also, polite. we have a very specific remedy for this. <laughs> yes. I try to be polite and understanding about Japanese ghost culture, so I bought a different drink every evening with some melon pan and left it on a, a shelf beside the door. Aww. Guess what? My shoes were not turned sideways ever again. But one night, I accidentally bought some really bad-tasting green tea-based alcoholic drink and left the open can as an offering. The ghost probably didn't like it either because when I went to take a morning shower, I heard someone laughing from inside the walls. So be careful when you stay around the Minami Senju Station area. You need to, in order to address this ghost, combine two kinds of trap, which of course are ghost and thirst. <laughs> which is going to involve Ghostbusters and I guess Instagram culture. I think so. But it could be done. Yes. The Case of the Demon Beans, submitted by Zoe Allen. We're talking B-E-A-N-S? Uh-huh. Okay. It was the night of Setsubun in 2016. What's that? It's a Japanese festival signifying the coming of spring. What's that? <laughs> spring is what it currently is in the Southern Hemisphere. Hey. What's the hemisphere? <laughs> Half the earth. What's the earth? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's a series of turtles that go all the way down. All right, That's right. We received beans and an ehomaki, thick sushi roll, from the school where I was studying at the time. When I got back home, I tried to stick to their explanation regarding the steps of the rituals. I did the mamimaki ritual, throwing the beans at the door to banish the evil spirits, and then tried to finish the ehomaki in one go, but I failed. It was too much. For the purposes of the story, I am picturing this to mean one bite. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm also imagining that in one giant, like, <laughs> swallowing the whole roll whole. Oh god. <laughs> uh, it bothered me because I felt like something bad would happen because I didn't finish it. I tried to forget about it and cleaned up all the beans from the floor, threw them away, and went to bed. Uh -oh. After about three hours of sleep, I woke up and felt a vivid feeling of someone choking me. What the? I opened my eyes again in a panic. Sat up in my bed and put my legs on the floor. I felt something weird underneath my feet. And then it hit me. The floor was covered with all the beans I had thrown away earlier that night. Whoa. So it sounds at first like a little bit like uh, sleep paralysis, but then beans. But then beans. Maybe they missed the trash can. Maybe they're not trash can. Or who cares? <laughs> sounds spooky, though. A Kiowa Phone Thief by Randia Camille Green. Mm. I, I used to work at an Kiowa, and some of the teachers told me there was a ghost. I never believed it until things escalated. <laughs> All the teachers usually bought konbini store bento and ate together in one of the classrooms. We'd call the seat where we wanted to sit at the table by putting our phone or a water bottle in the spot. Well, one day, I could have sworn I put my phone in the spot I was going to sit in, but when we came back from the konbini, I couldn't find it. We looked hmm. everywhere for it and ended up finding it in the teacher's lounge, which was in a totally different part of the school. I said That's to my so coworker, funny. you saw me put that phone down on the table, right? She confirmed. Two weeks later, two workers saw a woman with long hair sitting in a classroom next to a student we all knew. We couldn't figure out who she was, and after our lessons, we realized no one could remember her actually being in their classes. The reception staff couldn't recall any female students coming in with long hair either. Not only that, the real student who she was sitting next to didn't even see her. Hmm. All I gotta say is, stay away from Nova and Kawasaki because there's a ghost in that bitch. <laughs> Wow. Very, very weird just tonal turn at the end of it's the like a story, real turn yeah. yeah 
So there's that. Those with them. Terrifying stuff. No question. What? Do you have a question? Well, my question is, why did you have to go with such spooky content? It's not even Halloween yet. Yeah, I know. I I didn't want to blow our whole spooky load now, but I thought it would be, (laughs) uh, you know, whatever. Uh, And and yes, you did guess correctly. I found this article by searching for spooky Equinox stories without quotes and scrolling down (laughs) to the bottom of the first page of results. You're welcome. Uh, These folks, I wanted to point out, all kinds. They're all people who moved to Japan from elsewhere. And I will say, it feels like there is a passive-aggressively competitive Japan knowledge pissing contest happening between the lines. I feel, and perhaps this is just my own perspective as an extremely American white guy, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of people fetishize Japan. Yeah, I was going to say... To a crazy degree. Maybe this reaction of mine was just my irrational skepticism towards all people who are really into Japanese culture. I mean, I walk around, as you know, most often wearing a kimono. I do have a katana sword over my bed my Uh side of the bed at least um i do have a jade figurine that says for use only in chinese rituals but i (laughs) swear it's japanese Uh (laughs) i'm also really into tea ceremony i open the packet and i do pour water on the tea So yeah, those people who are just super into Japan stuff, not just like a passing enthusiasm for the culture of a country, that's totally cool and normal. People can like that stuff, people can like anime, whatever, like you can like what you you like, but there is a degree which some people are like, oh, I'm into Japan, and it feels like the people who submit to this (laughs) blog want to prove that they are the most into Japan, but maybe that's just me. (laughs) I am (laughs) I-N-T-O-J-A-P-A-N. Yes. But anyway, yes, you are also right on the money, and this article ties to the Equinox because if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there are also some related article links there, and the second one is one that's called A Tunnel Equinox Day in Japan, the end. (laughs) Solidly anchored in the prompt, as usual. Um, I feel like there's only one thing else that we can possibly do before saying goodbye, and that, of course, is to boot up the NCAA device. I'm going to fire it up right now. And... There's not really any other setting that we have designed for it yet, but I'll describe it anyway, which is, of course, the patron appreciation neural die for evaluation of risk function, which spells out pander. We do have the actual NCAA original setting, which is to uh, make cults fight each other. (laughs) That's right. They experience something like hundreds of millions of years of (laughs) eternal conflict. Yep. Um, in the but span we, uh, of what we, we really perceive don't use as that the one time, and I feel like it's too instance. dangerous to try and use it too many times. It's true. We do. We do have sort of a proto-conceptual ideas about another one of those at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, if folks feel very strongly in support <laughs> or against that, uh, yes. please do reach out at contact@superdebriefsystems.com. Uh, otherwise, we'll probably eventually do it anyway, no matter what you say. <laughs> so shut up. But for now, we're going to go ahead and plug these uh, kind of weird uh, sort of half cables organic, slash half, tendrils yeah, into the backs of our skulls, yes. straight into our uh, brains. Barely even feel it anymore. We're yeah. now hooked into the NCAA device. It yes. will synchronize our brains and feed us information about a cryptid creature or being that our awesome Patreon supporters should look out for. Today, we'll specifically do one patron supporter, and we'll do one day, one a day. Uh, as long as we have new ones to do. <laughs> yep. And today it is Chase from Napoleon, Ohio. Chase Bank Auditorium. <laughs> and Chase, Chase, be on the lookout for Tigre Dantero. Oh. <laughs> or Wyarima. Sounds like a tooth line. It does. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a cryptic cat reported from the cloud forests of Colombia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. Supposedly parts of Paraguay. Uh, Paraguay. Some sightings describe it as striped. Others are unmarked. I guess I'm going that direction. Uh -oh. But all agree that it is a shy, long-fanged, short tailed Oh, no. I didn't know there'd be so many. I was going to commit to the pit. Cat the size of or smaller than a jaguar. There's other ED words if you want to keep going. I do not. <laughs> well, Chase... If you do run into one of these things, it is speculated to be a living descendant of Smilodon Populator. Mm -hmm. um, so, if you find it and it's attacking you, try to take pictures and try to call <laughs> a scientist, probably a taxonomist, that specializes in mammals, especially large cats, would be great. In a pinch, you can call us. That's fine. We are technically scientists. We will absolutely talk about it on the show. <laughs> I will warn you, this creature was first reported by a French itinerant named Piquet. Piquet? Piquet? I guess. Piquet? Piquet, <laughs> who claimed to have caught a glimpse of one in the Ecuadorian Colombian jungles. So, you know, very likely a real thing you should look out for. So, like, you know, on your long drives uh, here in North America, you might accidentally drive too far south and end up in Venezuela. But, uh, yeah. you might also not have to worry about because it might be totally meant by a French guy who just said he saw a thing. Exactly, and uh, was not making it up, or was. Um, and just avoid South America, look out for big cats, you'll be fine. <laughs> and thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we, we, we appreciate it so much. Hope that uh, hope that busted your guts right up. <laughs> and that you're rolling on the ground laughing your ass off right now. <laughs> we, uh, well, I guess we should pull these out of our brains now. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. And yeah, we do encourage anyone who is interested in helping us out to do so we love having people uh, join up we have cool benefits for people who do support us and help us make this show we're gonna have a new sticker coming out soon for patrons at the right tier it's gonna glow in the dark it's gonna be what? real cool it's gonna be oh my god in the next few weeks we'll have that so if you want Very that you cool. can we do have as i think i mentioned last time annual plans available now you can subscribe for a whole year at a discount uh you pay all for the whole year at once but it can be for less than the cost of paying for each month individually if you do it uh, now through Halloween, you can get the equivalent of two months free. It's a 16% discount, which works out to paying for only 10 months, but getting 12, you get it. Um, so now through Halloween, you can do that. If you're already a patron, you can also change it up. I just posted instructions on how to do that a couple of days ago, and uh, we appreciate it. You can be entered into the pander drawing at any level of support, even a dollar. So please do consider it. That's patreon.com slash superduperstitious. And uh, yeah, we'll love you forever. Mm -hmm. And with that... We can end the show. So if you don't have money to spare, we totally understand it's tough times with Plague. Another cool way to support us is to just uh, rate and review the show. We love your reviews. We love your ratings, as long as they're over five stars. <laughs> yes. Six star <laughs> reviews only. <laughs> We're going to outdate the five. Uh-huh. But no, you guys have had some very kind no, words No, we really appreciate we it. are very happy to hear. And it does help drive the algorithm towards making our shit more visible to people who haven't seen it yet. So... Exactly. Yeah. Or you could just tell your friends, tell your enemies, yell the word super superstitious out the open window of your car as you drive past people. Whatever it takes to get the word out. Thanks for that. The cause we want to um, shout out this week is uh, we'd like you to support Micmac fishing communities in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. So the Sepeknakatik First Nation launched its own self-managed lobster fishery last week, marking the 21-year anniversary of the Supreme Court of Canada affirming the right of indigenous groups in eastern Canada to hunt and fish for what they call a moderate livelihood. So just, you know, reasonably they can hunt for their own fucking food. 
And non-indigenous commercial lobster folks are pissed off because the Sepeknakatik are fishing after the commercial season has ended and it's not fair that they got to, etc. So Whitey does what Whitey does, namely threaten and harass indigenous fishermen and pull up literally hundreds of their lobster traps uh, after they've been set. Wow. So, yeah, the federal government has affirmed Mi'kmaq treaty rights in this case, but support is always helpful. There, we'll, what we're posting is a link to a compilation of ways you can help, as well as news articles keeping updates on what's going on. But super shitty. We'd like to help them out. So if you can, please God. do. Please do. Thank you for the heads up, Jake. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And next week, oh, it's going to be October, baby. Shit's going to get real, real spooky. About to get is. so spooky up in here. I'm already scared. We are going to be kicking off October with a super duper stitious special report. Yes, we are. <laughs> just to remind you why that's what we're doing. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it's all about. I will be ready. <laughs> spooky stories. How long have we been telling them? Why do we like them? What do they do to our brains, etc. And obviously, we'll have example stories to spook you. So oh tune in for part one next week. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. My